Testament, it's nothing new for the message of Christianity to get distorted. That was happening in Paul's day. That's what inspired a lot of the letters that he wrote was the, hey, hey, you know, we've, we've forgotten. And if they can forget within, within the time frame that Jesus was alive and walking amongst them, you know, it's real easy to, 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 to morph it and try to change it to fit what we would want it to say. Because, see, the word of God is different from my word. It's different from our word. It's, it's different from what we think how things should be. If we were God, this is how we would have done it. We would have come in as the champion, as, as conquering everything, laying everything you know, low, and here comes God in the form of a baby, dependent upon a mother and a, 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 a father and a family in that moment, um, growing up and learning God learning how to walk. You know, it's just different from how we would have done it. And God did it for a specific purpose. And I also think it's very important to remember what Christianity is all about because it's real easy to make Christianity revolve around the action and work of me. When the whole Christian faith, all of it, revolves around the person and work and action of Jesus Christ. And that's good news for someone like me. Because, I don't know about y'all, but there have been times in my life where I didn't act saved. Or I, or I was running through doubts. Or I was living a way that I ought not to live. And when my friends found out that I went to church, they all laughed. Because they thought, wait, you? Nah. There was nothing. The evidence, if I looked to me... For the evidence of my salvation, if I looked to what I was doing in that moment, I would be very, very distraught. Even now, if I look to me and to who I am and what I'm doing as evidence for why I'm saved, I'm going to be very disappointed. But the good news is that I have been given evidence of the merit of someone else on my behalf. I am saved not because of how strong my promise is to Jesus. I am saved because of how strong Jesus' promise is to me. He's promised to never leave me. He's promised to separate my sins as far as the east is from the west. He's promised that he goes to a place to prepare for me. He's promised that where he is, I will be also. A promise that looks as simple as, Jesus, remember me when you get into your kingdom. And he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Because see, Jesus' word, the word's word, is different from ours. It's not just informational. When the word of God says something, whatever it said, that's what it is. Because it's a creative word. Let there be light. And light just started. In the same way when the gospel, when the Holy Spirit takes the gospel and he's poured into the dead soul and it says believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, that's why it's a miracle that happens because when someone starts believing that a word is creating something that wasn't there before. Think back, and I, even for me, and I think of others, think of, of conversion experiences or coming to saving faith in Christ. In that moment, you're not looking for God. You're not looking for Jesus. Odds are you are looking for something different. 
Odds are when you heard the gospel for the first time or when you were given the gospel for the first time, odds are you weren't actively seeking that out. But God was seeking you. He's the good shepherd. He doesn't go and save the sheep that's looking for him. He goes and looks for the sheep that's lost and doesn't know where to turn. It doesn't know where to go. All it knows is it's lost. And the next thing it knows, a shepherd grabs him up and puts it on his shoulder and said, this one's mine. That's the wonderful, glorious beauty of the gospel. In the third article of the creed, it says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. What does this mean? Answer, I believe that I cannot, and this will, this will trip me up. This has tripped me up. This will trip you up, too, if you don't lean in and listen to what's actually going on. So buckle up, hang with me. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will get us where we need to be, and I'm confident that he will. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. This is most certainly true. I believe that I cannot believe. As fallen people, we are unable to find God on our own, let alone choose to entrust our lives to him. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 22. Let's check out and see Paul's experience. Or excuse me, at this time he was Saul. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, He's in the active process of going after Christians. It says right here, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, so that if he found anyone belonging to the Christian faith, men or women, he might bring them bound, bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And that's wonderful good news about Jesus, too, is that when his children, when those whom he's died for, when those who are found in him are being persecuted, Jesus takes it very personally. How personally? He doesn't ask Saul, why is he persecuting Christians? Jesus, the Son of God, asked Paul, why are you persecuting me? That's, to use an old term, that's heavy. How much did Jesus identify himself with you, those who are in Christ? He identifies you as his own. And he said, who are you, Lord? This is Paul saying that. And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Another neat caveat. God uses his people to bring the gospel to those who need to hear it. He's always using us. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. 
Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. How much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me, so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon his name, this name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. In Acts 16, maybe you remember the story of Lydia. Acts 16, verse 13 through 15. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Tharetera, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. I'm praying right now that the Holy Spirit, if he hasn't started already, which I believe he has, but I pray right now he's going and he's opening every heart right now to pay attention to the gospel that's going to be preached and has been preached here today. Paul, or Saul, Jesus came after Saul while he didn't want him, while he was against him. And Jesus turned everything upside down for Paul. And over two-thirds of the New Testament are written by Paul. Inspired by the Holy Spirit was the words. Lydia, mind her own business in the marketplace. The Lord went and opened her heart so that she would pay attention to what is being said by Paul in the gospel. And she believed. As Christians, we confess that the Holy Spirit has made us new creatures by bringing us the saving faith in Jesus Christ. Such faith is granted to our hearts by the Holy Spirit through the preaching of the gospel. 
That is a miracle. Faith comes by hearing. And by hearing the word of God. The gospel is the power of salvation to all who believe. God is doing something. His word is doing something when the gospel is preached. The Lord uses his gifts to deliver the gospel, to deliver the good news to those of us who need to hear it. And it is for everyone. Just as Pastor Derek said earlier, there's no, this group over here gets it and this group over there gets it. It's for all. It's for all. If you are a person, you qualify to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. How was I brought under the gracious lordship of Jesus? The Holy Spirit brought me to Jesus by bringing the promise of the gospel to me and by giving me faith in Christ through that gospel. John 6, 65, and he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Salvation is a gift, a free gift. You don't have to, you don't have to, to, to work to earn it. It's given already. Courtesy of the work of Jesus Christ. Why can I not come to faith in Jesus by my own reason or strength? Apart from the Holy Spirit, I am spiritually blind and dead and thus cannot trust in Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.14 The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, so they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Ephesians 2.1 And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. Apart from the Holy Spirit, I actively resist the gospel's call to faith in Christ. Romans 8, 7, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. It is, up to, it is good to emphasize the Holy Spirit's work of calling us and bringing us to faith through the gospel. When Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, his word by the Holy Spirit has the power to turn us from our sin and to move us to trust in him and follow after him. What does it mean that the Holy Spirit has called me to the gospel? Through the gospel, the Spirit both invites and enables me to believe by promising me a new life on the basis of Christ's death and resurrection. 2 Thessalonians 2.14 To this he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of salvation to everyone who believes. Romans 10.17, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of, of Christ. Ephesians 1.13, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. There's so many other verses in the Bible that point to this. As I said earlier, the word of God does more than just give information. It actually delivers what it says. Will the team come forward, please? If you are here this morning, even if you've heard the gospel all your life, or if this is the first time that you're hearing the gospel, what is the gospel? 
the gospel is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth, lived a full life without sin, died on a cross for my sins and for your sins. Three days later, he rose from the dead, and he promises us that by faith in that, by believing that as being true, he has promised that where he is, we will be also. He has promised to forgive us of all of our sins, not just one or two sins, all of them. This is an old song, Standing on the Promises of God. Not standing on the promises of Zach. <laughs> That's sinking sand. To build a house on my promises to Jesus, I have no hope. I have none. But for him to build a house for me, for my house to be built upon the rock of Jesus Christ. Who dares challenge what he's promised to me? Who dares go against the word of God? That if Jesus says that you are forgiven, if Jesus says that you are saved, if Jesus says that all is forgiven, guess what? It is. That is good news. So in those moments when I or when you don't feel like we're measuring it up, look to Christ. Look to Christ. Look to Christ. Look at his work. Look at his righteousness. Look at his perfection. Look what he's done for you. And take blessed insurance in what he has said. That he spilled his blood for you. That his body was broken for you. That it was all done for you so that you could be reconciled to God so that his righteousness would be counted in place of your unrighteousness. How do you receive that? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. This is a prayer of mine. I pray that it's a prayer for you also. And during this time, if you want to come forward, if you feel encouraged to come forward, I hope you feel encouraged to come forward, so that we can pray for you to receive Jesus, to, to know what's going on in your life, to know what's going on with, with the gospel. We'd love to pray with you during this time. We'd love to help deliver the comfort to you that is offered courtesy of Jesus. This also is a time for you, for anyone that has prayer. If the prayer team will come forward, please. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, I give you thanks that you have called me to saving faith in my Lord Jesus through his gospel. For without you, I could never come to him. By your words, which are spirit and life, keep me united with my Savior in true faith, always enlightening me with your gifts and sanctifying me in body and soul to live for Christ alone through my Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Father forever, one God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you need prayer this morning, perhaps you're a little bit shy. And I remember the, the time that I accepted him into my heart and life. I thought I'd made a mistake. 
No, it would have been a mistake if I hadn't followed through and asked them. So if you don't know him today as your own personal savior, you can't. No one here to make a fool of you. Only people healed that will stand beside you and encourage you. Best decision I've ever made. And if you were to ask the majority that's here today, they would say the same thing. You've never experienced this wonderful love, this wonderful uplifting experience. You can do it today. Perhaps you're maybe walking on the fence a little bit. Maybe you're trying a little of this and a little of that, and you're finding no satisfaction. Give it all to Jesus. Hallelujah. Completely turn your life around. And as Pastor Zaka says, you don't have to do anything to qualify. Hallelujah. His grace is sufficient for you, and is sufficient for me. So if you would like us to pray with you, we will be glad to. I want to pray for Debbie today, and I also want to pray for the family. And Angeline, ask you to come forward, sweetheart. Thank you, Jesus. A faithful sister, her and her sister Gwen have come to church since they were little girls, Sunday school in Dorich, and gave their life to Jesus and have served the Master all the days of their life, even up to now. Angie, we'd just like to pray with you today too. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that the Lord will just continue, continue, continue to undertake for you and for your family. We want you to know that we love you in Jesus. And as I come and ask for the oil this morning, we Eugene is standing there for his wife, for Debbie, as we anoint with oil in the name of the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit, just reach out your hands for, for you, Jesus.